Welcome to episode 173 of the Local Meta. My name is Fletcher. I'm John. John, how are you doing tonight, man? I'm doing okay. Got a little haloing in, uh, looking at magic cards. You know. Got, got to play some magic yesterday. Good times. Got to play magic yesterday. That was good times. Mm-hmm. I won one free release and got second in the other. Because I won the other one. Because you won the other one. Didn't you get second in the other one? That one, too? No. Wait, or, no or, I, I don't cr- I, think I Sorry, I, I crushed you round one. Oh, that. yeah. You smoked me round one. I think I went like one and two in that one. All right. Which is the, the funny thing is, is I'm like, oh, I'm going to actually like try to build a deck in the first one. And then the second one we did, I'm like, I got unplayable garbage. Like, I could just do that. Like, I have like a decent deck with that. I'm like, screw it. I'm going to take this, like, the Umaro, whatever, that's like gets plus two plus oh when you cast an instant sorcery or wizard. Uh, I had one of those. And I'm like, guess what? We build in a spells deck, bitches. <laughs> like, <laughs> and then I proceeded to just 3 <laughs> 0. Which is funny, because you built your deck around a specific card, but your deck was just good without that card. I Yeah, which I didn't realize, I'll be honest. So, as I showed, when I literally took it out of your hand, came one yep. on turn three, and you never got to cast it. Yeah, and I'm just like, alright. And you still just steamrolled me. Yeah. Yeah, there's some cards that are a little better than I expected in there. Like, I don't know. It was pretty sweet, but... Yeah, so, well, I mean, in any case, we got a bunch more cards to talk about. We so, have more cards, yes. I don't know if we want to hop in and start chatting about some of these. I think we at least need to talk about one of them. Okay, well, we'll talk about one card. All right, well, why, don't get, why don't we kick it off with our flavor section here, and we'll we'll just get it going good right out of the gate. So, um... First card we have up in the flavor section here is Fearless Fledgling. Uh, it is one in a white for a 1-1 creature griffin with landfall when a land enters the battlefield under your control. Put a plus one plus one counter on Fearless Fledgling and it gains flying until end of turn. Um, so the alternate art for this card is really cool. Yeah, it's all majestic. It looks like yeah. it's like a bald eagle-esque griffin. Yeah, you know? it, it looks super, super awesome. And like... Yeah, I I got one of those too in my one of the like air quotes prize packs from the from our pre-releases we did, and I'm uh, super pumped. And then I'm uh, yeah, so the like main the main art for this one is just <laughs> those eyes though. It, what did I say? It looks like it looks like the chicken from Moana and the squirrel from the Ice Age like movies like had an ugly Griffin love child <laughs> like. It's uh, just, it's like, yeah! <laughs> uh, but this, I don't, I don't know. Like, it's nowhere near as much stuff going on in the background. But for some reason, this art reminds me of that one goblin art. I think it was a munitions expert. Where it's oh just yeah, where like it's a like bunch of random things flying in the background, including a chicken, a chicken, and like a shark. Like, <laughs> like this is the, this is yeah. the chicken from that. Like this oh, thing yeah. is being shot by a goblin. Yeah, it, <laughs> like, with a bunch of other things. That is how it looks, but I don't know. Like the art on this card just gets me every time I see it. I'm super pumped to have this in foil as well. But uh, man, and this is, this is just like a strictly better uh, fledgling griffin, right? Oh yeah, it, it is a strictly better fledgling griffin, and I like half jokingly refer to that as the best griffin card in my griffin deck. <laughs> it's the best 
Griffin card that actually has Griffin in the type line. Yeah. I mean, Griffin Griffin Rider is the actual best Griffin. Yeah, it really is. But like this card just helps enable that card better. Uh Like you can you can hit some of the three mana Griffins, but like having this as like your two mana one is just good. Or like the the fledgling Griffin as your two mana one is just good. Yeah. Because they actually do something. Because they actually do something, and like sometimes just being able to play two of them at once is you know solid. I don't know, but. Yeah. Hooray so. for Griffins. They actually printed them. I know. I love it. I love it when they print Griffins, especially ones that are not awful. Like, you this is just to... a decent card in general, too, I think. But I think this card is actively good in general. Yeah. Like, like, turn two in limited, this card is bonkers. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, sure, it's a 1 1, but on the ne- in the next turn, it's a 2 2 attack. 2 2 flyer, yeah. In the air. And every land you play from then on it makes it bigger, and you know it gets to a point where even if whether it has flying or not doesn't matter, mm-hmm. it's gonna miss your opponent. And if it does have flying, they're just dead. Right? Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I like the card. It ain't, it ain't no scoot swarm, but you know it's an uncommon. <laughs> it is just an uncommon. Just an uncommon. All right. All right. Next up, we have Journey to Oblivion. Four and a white enchantments. The spell costs one generic plus to cast for each creature in your party. When it enters the battlefield, exile target non-land permanent that opponent controls until journey to oblivion leaves the battlefield. It's just it's just an O-ring effect, but it is a O-ring effect, yes. Nope. But it's it's art is playing well into the similar things like journey to eternity yeah. and all those kind of things, where it's just like a dude's outline. Who this was art, dope as hell. <laughs> he was clearly in the middle of doing something. I don't know what happened after that, but like, I don't know. This this is sweet art. Yeah. Like, I don't know. I just get it. Like, I, I saw this one. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. I just think it's really cool. I think it'll look cool. It'll look awesome in foil too. Yeah, I've always enjoyed the uh, Roadrunner and Coyote esque. <laughs> outlines of something just ceasing to exist that you get a lot on white-based removal. Yeah. Because it just fits, right? It's like, there was something here once, and yep. now it's gone. <laughs> yeah. And, like, just the way they did it with, like, making the solid object the like, the outline like that with the like, the Zendikar, you know, floating yeah, islands in the back is sweet. Yeah, they did a really good job on the arts. <laughs> what is that? Jason Felix? Yeah. Yep. Give him right. two dopes. <laughs> All right. Oh, me. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, sure, <laughs> it's your turn. Next up, we have a um, uh, Mall of the Skyclaves. It's two and a white for an artifact equipment. Uh, when it enters the battlefield, attach it to target creature you control. Uh, equipped creature gets plus two, plus two, and has flying and first strike, and equip is two white, white. So this is here more because people on the internet are stupid. Oh, okay. Why are they mad? Uh, they're like, man, you know what I think of when I think of something, you know, super, super agile and flying through the air and, you know, using a lot of, like, mobility? A big hammer. And it's <laughs> like, shut up. <laughs> Someone's like, you know, they could have just called this Spear of the Skyclaves and not even had to change the art bell. It's like, you shut up too. <laughs> there's let's there's nothing wrong 
with going against the standard held cliches in what someone should or should not be using as their weapon of choice in any sort of fantasy universe. You know what seems kind of awesome? If you're flying around with this giant, you know, if you're flying around over enemies and trying to, like, let them stuff, a giant freaking hammer that you can just golf ball swing their skulls off with. I don't care what anyone says. <laughs> this hammer looks like it's something a space marine from 40k would use. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like, the biggest complaint for a space marine would be it doesn't have edges on it. Except it does. Like <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I could one hunt. Actually, I in fact there's literally a space marine thing called a storm hammer. Yeah, I know there's like hammer shit in, in that. So I just re- I just like remember that it's like eight feet long, a giant freaking sledgehammer with lightning that shoots out the edge. I obviously that's have lightning that shoots out the edge. Commonly used by jetpack. Marines. Boom! There we go. So, because then they get to combine their downward momentum with that to make this crazy ass. I hope. Pound. I hope this is like a low key call out to 40k, but I could only hope, but I doubt it. Oh yeah, me too. But let let. Here's the deal. We're gonna pretend that that's what it is. I I'm okay with this. Okay, sounds good. We've got this one locked up. All right. I would I would like this card to be actually good enough for standard, just so people who complain about the art have to see it more. <laughs> just rub it in their faces. It also just looks awesome. It does actually. It does look really cool. Like this is coming from someone whose ideal weapon for a giant orc is a giant freaking hammer. Yeah. If you want to be a character that does something, don't always go with the cliches. All right. <laughs> Unless your character's a cliche. Alright. Yes. Unless he's intentionally a cliche. <laughs> Alright. Next up, we have someone that definitely needs some special shampoo. Charix the Raging Isle. Two blue blue for a legendary creature, Leviathan Crab. He is a 0 17. <laughs> <laughs> that Spell- ass is so big it can drive. <laughs> <laughs> Spells your opponent's cast the target Charix the Raging Isle costs two more to cast. Pay three mana. It gets plus X minus X until end of turn, where X is the number of islands you control. And then the lovely flavor text. Zendikar's seas are deeper than anyone can fathom. Because puns are great. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. It is a giant freaking crab. Yep, it is a huge crab. It's an island. Uh, there's there's a separate art for this. I don't know where it comes from, but there's like there's this one, there's the extended art version, and then there's a separate art where he just let you you can get like a closer in view of him, and it looks like he's just like giving that come at me bro with his giant pincer claw, which is kinda dope. Looks like it's a bundle promo. Alright, that would make sense. But I also I really like the colors in the other one, but this is mainly here because of the pun and the fact that it is a giant Leviathan crab, and I love giant sea monsters, and that's how oh, yeah. I roll. <laughs> that is how you roll. Okay. Anything Leviathan. else to say about the, the Leviathan crab? I don't know. I love saying Leviathan. Is that weird? Probably. Alright. Okay. 
Um, <laughs> so um, next up, actually, I got asked about this one last <laughs> uh, when we did our pre-release last night. I, um, I love how I you're that. just like, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we're going to talk about it. All right. So next up, we have negate uh, one in a blue instant counter target non-creature spell. Um. So I I did the thousand times. Yeah, I did. It's been printed a bazillion times. Um, I've done the research. I've looked it over. Uh, This is easily the best negate art that has been printed. I don't know if I agree with easy. Fight me. So let's be real, right? Yep. Okay, I'm pulling up all the negate arts here. All right. Look at them. So we have the rivals of Ixalan one. That one is good. That one is good. But right. this this is better than that one. I don't. I don't and I had better. and I had that one as previously the best one. Yeah, that one is definitely the best one. So I, one I, of my I, one of my issues with a lot of negate arts, it's like when I first look at them, I don't know what the hell's going on. Yeah, that's the big. That's actually the big problem with the signature spellbook Jace one. It's like, how is this negate? Yeah, what is going on here? Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I don't think the. Uh, full art textless negate is bad. I don't. Uh, so here's the deal. I'm not saying that any of the other ones are bad. I'm just th- saying they're not as nearly good as this one. <laughs> I'd say it's like a second for me, right? Maybe. So th- this automatically has the problem of every single counter spell that was ever printed. Mm-hmm. It's blue magic going against red magic. Yeah. And they all look the same. Yep. Right. But the, for some reason, this one does it just differently enough that I actually don't think that this art is boring. I actually really do like this art. The current one or the, the new one? The new one. Yeah. And I think if it wasn't for Rivals of Ixalan, it would be my favorite art. I like just the, the Rivals, Rivals of Ixalan one is more colorful, but I just don't like. I don't know. I just don't like something about it. It just I think it is definitely more colorful. I think that's what might might be why I like it. There's just more going on in it. Yeah. You know, can we like this, can we at least sit down and agree that the original negate art is not good? Uh, I can't even it's so it's so far down in all the printings I've scroll. It's like the circle one. Oh where, yeah, that one is atrocious. I just don't like it. I'm not I'm actually I'm not a huge fan of the con the uh, Dragon's Trick here one. That one's also not good. That one's better than the first one, but that's a low bar. Yeah. Uh, the that not Battle for Zendikar. What's that one called? Or Oath of Battle? the Gatewatch. Oath of the Gatewatch one is okay. Not it's amazing. okay. It's solid mid tier. I still have no idea what's going on in the Aether Revolt one. Yeah. That's just a thing. It's a, it's a thing. I don't know where that one sits in the power rankings, but. The Jace Signature Spellbook one is honestly kind of bad. I just run them because I like that they're alternate frames. Yeah. It's not good. <laughs> no. Like, if I could have that frame with either of these new two, or these of the two newest arts, I'd be like, yes. Yeah, fair that enough. That's what I want in life. But newest Negate art is the best. I don't think... I think it... I don't think it's close, but it's at least close but clear. See, I think it is close, but I think it's not the best one. I think it's pretty clear. This is the best one. And I'm, I'm, that, I'm, I'm on that, and I will, I will stand by that opinion. If they use this, if they use this art for all the negates going forward, I'd be okay with it. 
All right. I, I will say that the person in there, I know that they're not, but they remind me of Kazmina. Oh, yeah. That one Planeswalker, so mm-hmm. that's kind of dope. Yeah. All right. Next up, we have all the way to the red cards, I believe. Really? Oof. Here we go from Negate to Cargon Intimidator. Yep. All right. Targon Intimidator. Note that second letter or that sentence, second word. One in the red yep. for a three-one human warrior. First line of text: Cowards can't block warriors. <laughs> Best uh, flavor text ever. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you pay a generic mana and choose one that hasn't been chosen this turn. It gets plus one, plus one until end of turn. Target creature becomes a coward until end of turn. Target warrior gains trample until end of turn. Uh, obviously, this is a reference to Boldweir Intimidator, yep. because intimidating things make cowards more cowardly, which I approve of. Mm-hmm. Uh, magic needs more cowards in their creature yep. typing, in my opinion. Just from flavor standpoint, the fact I think, that Nord- I think some of the joke is is that like there's basically no coward creature types. So. Yeah, like with the fact that Norn the Wary is not a coward kind of bothers me. Uh, he's, a, yeah, he's like I a guess. warrior, which is weird. <laughs> so the creature that literally can never deal combat damage at any point ever, yep. is a lot le- or can't be blocked by cowards. <laughs> Also, I think this card is just innately powerful. It does powerful-ish related things. I mean, it seems pretty decent. So. No. I cool. think it's dope. Alright. Cool. Okay. Next up, we have Relic Robber. Two and a red for a 2-2 Goblin Rogue with haste. And when Relic Robber deals combat damage to a player, that player creates a 0-1 colorless goblin construct artifact creature token with this creature can't block. And at the beginning of your upkeep, this creature deals one damage to you. And the flavor text is, here, you take it. (laughs) (laughs) This card's awesome. This card is awesome. It is the most goblin thing ever. Uh. He's like a rogue... He robs things, but he doesn't take them. He actually does the reversal of robbing and just gives them to you. Gives you cursed artifacts, basically. (laughs) Yeah, he just gives you cursed artifacts, which are somehow living creatures that don't do anything ever, which is also amazing. Yeah, like, I don't know. This this card's just sweet. I love it. I I love it. I love how just this card by himself is like, you better have a board wipe. Right? (laughs) <laughs> or or be playing a deck that has a sacrifice theme, I guess, but Yeah. I I greatly enjoy this card. It's so like it's it, it's one of those cards that's like the flavor is so immediately good with it. And making it a goblin, like, you know, like a goblin robber and then they do the exact opposite always, you know? Right. It's just beautiful. But here you go, here's this thing. Yep. It's all yours. Uh... Please God take it away from me. Yep. Which is just perfect for goblins who would 100% take something and be like, this is bad. Yeah, it's and like just try and pass it off on people. <laughs> Oops, have it back. <laughs> uh, oh my god. Okay. <laughs> Alright. Alright. Next up. 
We have a lot of art cards. <laughs> we have a lot of art cards, which is good because we've been having a lot of all this art is good but not amazing lately. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We have a spike field hazard. Red. Instant spike field hazard deals one damage to any target. If a permanent deal damage this way, it would die this turn. Exile it instead. Uh, it is also an enter the battlefield's tap land for a red. Uh, <laughs> this art is a stone spike protruding through someone's forearm and all the horror that that would entail. This this really bothers me. <laughs> like, like I saw this and I'm like, the more I look at it, I'm like, Ugh, I don't, uh, I just do not like this card. I also greatly enjoy the little bit of flavor that goblins aren't quite as stupid as you would normally expect from a goblin on Syndicar. Yeah. <laughs> Where there's the flavor text is, stop screaming, you'll only bring down more spikes. Raph, slug eater, goblin, shortcutter. <laughs> uh, yep. So, goblins are great. This card is okay. This art is horrifying. The, uh, it bothers me so much. Like, just look at it like that, like the big, huge spike through there. Ugh. I will not lie. Looking at this art makes me flex my left hand a lot. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, okay. Um, and so, uh, one more flavor card. As we uh, skip over all of the green. Is it? I'm like, is this a multicolor card? Yep. All right. I gotta find it here. Okay. Oh, god damn. All right. <laughs> Sorry. I just looked at this card again. I'm like, what card is this? And I'm like, ah! Okay, next up we have Lull Mage's Familiar. Um, uh, one green blue for a 2-4 creature beast. Uh, you can tap it to add a green or a blue to your mana pool. And whenever you cast a kick spell, you gain two life. Um, and the art is this adorable little lizard beast in a backpack. And it's adorable. <laughs> It is an adorable little thing living in a backpack that apparently stores energy in a special gastric organs. Yeah. Is that what it is? I've never yeah. read the flavor text for it now. They store energy in special gastric organs. But I guess you'd probably rather have me clear the path than ramble about guts. <laughs> uh, like, it, it's adorable! It is an adorable little thing that probably grows into a face eater. But it's still adorable. It's a familiar, though. It's a 2-4, so... I don't know how that thing is a 2-4, but whatever. (laughs) That that little thing that lives inside of a backpack is a 2-4. Here's the deal. If I get get art like this, it can be a 2-4. I don't care. It can be whatever it wants. (laughs) Zero seventeen. Because seriously, who's going to attack that thing? Yeah, seriously, it's got cuteness armor. Like, <laughs> oh man, I love it. It's so great. But <laughs> so we actually did have a lot of like art cards and stuff this this go around. I feel like yeah, we but... normally have a lot of like flavor text related things or like referencing <laughs> to things going on. There's not a lot of like oh my god, this art though. Mm-hmm. That happens a lot lately because you know we've mentioned it before. There's there's a lot of I don't want to say homogeny, yeah. But there, there's a lot of art that just blends together. It's all good, but it all blends together. So, mm-hmm. yeah. All right. 
Next so let's up. get on to just the cards we want to talk about because reasons. <laughs> uh, first up, Angel of Destiny. Three white, white, three, two, six, creature, angel, cleric. I'm glad you're reading this. There's so much text. <laughs> Flying double strike. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, you and that player each gain that much life. At the beginning of your end step, if you have at least 15 more life than your starting life total, each player angel of destiny attack this turn loses the game. Uh, this card is fascinating. <laughs> like, what is going on here, man? You know? Ugh. So, people love alternate win cons in white. Yep. For some reason. That's just yep. what they do, right? Mm -hmm. uh, there's a lot going on with this card that I actually really, really enjoy mm -hmm. um, from a design perspective. I really like the fact that this is a 2-6 mm -hmm. with double strike instead of something like a 4-6 with, without double strike, right? Yeah. That means that as a result of this attacking, you know, that is technically a trigger on the second half. So if your yep. opponent is at 4 life, this will never kill them. You know, if they are at two life, they will die to first strike damage. Yeah. But uh, since or since it's a two six instead of a four six, it's just harder for this to just kind of get in there and finish off your opponents. It's a really weird way of going about this, where you know it's very clearly if you're going to win with this card, it has to be with this card. Because you will never deal combat damage to your opponent ever again. But it is really interesting that it effectively gives a soul link effect to your entire party. Which yeah. means it's really hard for your opponent to kill you. Yep. I don't think this is that amazing in Limited. Because if you have 15 more life than your starting total, discounting other assorted various life gain effects... You know, you effectively would have dealt almost 15 damage to your opponent, so they would be almost dead anyways. So at that point, winning with this is almost win more. But I suppose there is a lot of life gain related things, since there are a lot of clerics in the set. So maybe it's good if you specifically draft around it. But Man. I don't know. I think Card's it's cool. weird. It's very weird. It's cool, though. It's not very often you see a card that has like it is two six in stats, and you're just like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, that's a, yeah, we're there. Like, I don't know. I like it's such a unique effect for everything there. It's like it's, you know, it's it's one of those cards you read and you're like, you know, there's a lot of like cards that are like air quotes unique, and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, that makes sense. Like this one, you're like reading it and you're like, what? Yeah, this like, is, it's very much a sum of its parts kind of card. Yeah, very much so. Just, yeah, I don't know. It's just wild. <laughs> uh, Alright. Next one. Next one. Hopefully this has less text. <laughs> Alright. Um, uh, next up, we have Legion Angel. Uh, two white, white for a 4-3 Angel Warrior. Has flying... And when Legion Angel enters the battlefield, you may reveal a card you own named Legion Angel from outside the game and put it into your hand. <laughs> so we've seen Squadron Hawk-esque effects before. Yeah. This is very obviously 
much more different than Squadron Hawk. <laughs> this, is, this is like a, a Wish Hawk kind of thing. Yep. Uh, it does only get cards in your sideboard in any sort of non-casual thing. And by mm -hmm. that I mean even in FNM, this would only get things out of your sideboard. Yep. Uh, but it's still really cool. Like, 4-3 for 4 is perfectly reasonable stats. Oh, yeah. Um, I don't think you would ever want to dedicate... So if you say you open two of these in a draft, right? No. Do you main deck both, or do you quotations of the sideboard one? I don't know. Like, you're probably supposed to main deck both, right? I feel like that's just, like, what you're supposed to do. But, like, there is some appeal to playing a 2-white-white 4-3 that draws you a card. Yeah, and it draws you another 2-white-white 4-3. <laughs> yeah, right? You know, that, those are relevant stats to be able to draw, you know? Oh, yeah. It's a really interesting balancing act from that point. Um, in Constructed, I doubt you would ever want to take up, like, three sideboard slots with this. But I do have uh, the deck that I'm currently playing on Arena, i.e. I played it for as many matches I needed to get my quest done, is a white-red Warriors deck that uh, Huey Jensen uh, posted, where he main decks two of these and has two more on the sideboard. Okay, because my, my initial thought was you do two and two. Yeah. And it is relevance, you know, because the first one that you draw will get the second one, and the second one you play you play is going to get the third one. So you're yep. effectively just up, which is super yep. nice. And it's really interesting from that standpoint. This is a fascinating card. Yeah. Like, it, it, like the miscellaneous cards we've been talking about, like, there's just weird, like, there's some weird-ass cards, like, floating around. There's definitely <laughs> some weird-ass cards going around. I don't know. It's it's interesting. I, I I like that you know there's some different things like this happening. It's like I don't know how to like evaluate that card almost. Like it's so crazy, but Yeah, like just because it does something so much different, right? Like yeah. even if it was just an actual factual squadron hawk, four four three flying for four squadron yeah. hawk. Is it good enough for standard? Mm -hmm. I don't know. You know, I wouldn't even think Squadron Hawk is good enough for standard, but you know, Cobblade dominated standard. Yeah. That might have something to do with the fact that you could just cast it, get a bunch of Hawks, brainstorm with Jason, put them back free, and then shuffle them away just to draw them again later. And it was this horribly oppressive card advantage engine, but that's besides the point. Yeah. I think there were so, a, a few things going on at that point, too. But There were, there were a few other things going on at that point. <laughs> but, yeah. Yeah. Uh... I don't know. It's interesting that this has already shown up in decks. I find I think that's cool as hell, though. I mean, it was a pre-format deck that Huey's like, this deck looks like it could be cool. And I'm just like, that deck looks like it could be cool. Yeah. I think I won two games and lost, like, four with it. So I don't think it's that good. Still, it seems cool. I never said it was good. Yeah, yeah, but it was cool. Yeah. I got my quest done. That was the important thing. That's all it's got to do, right? Okay. All right. All right. Next, next up, we have Ondu Inversion. Six white, white sorcery. Destroy all non-land permanents. We have ourselves a planar cleansing for eight mana that you can also play tapped as a land that taps for white. This is an 8-mana Planet Cleansing. This is an interesting card. 
It is interesting. I'll give you that. So, I think I was saying before. I'm like, these are the cards that I like with the 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 land the the flip land design or the modal DFC land design on. Like, like yeah, this is an overpriced planar cleansing. We know that eight okay. mana is a lot of mana, you know, but. Having a planar cleansing that you can just play as a land too, like that's nice, you know. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like this is like planar cleansing is one of those cards that like when I was playing black white murder kill, like I tucked I I tucked that in the deck a couple times just to have it, you know, as like a safety valve sort of thing. Mm-hmm. But like, you know, having it just be a completely dead card is not good. Like, getting it in your opening hand is awful. Like, getting this in your opening hand, it's like, okay, you play it as a, a tap land and stuff like that. Like, not the best, but at least it's not just rotting there. Like, I like it when they put the big effects on these cards and then put the flip on the on the back. They put the, the land and stuff. Like, that's right where I want to see it. I think that's why I kind of like this card. I don't think it's particularly great, but I like yeah. I like what they're doing. See, I and I agree with that for most I agree with that mostly is basically what yep. I call. Like I do like this big splashy effect on you know, big splashy expensive effect and I do mm-hmm. like that the back end is land. Mm-hmm. I just don't know why it had to cost eight. <laughs> like right now at least like obviously I don't think you want to make a strictly better planar cleansing. Like no. making this making this cost six would basically invalidate planar cleansing in every other and everything it's ever going to be played again, right? Yep, and that seems a bit excessive, mm-hmm. but making it cost eight makes it almost unplayable in anything outside of like super casual jank, especially well, with how we'll innate, see, <laughs> especially with how like innately fast standard is of late. Like standard is a fast format. You need to be doing things relatively quickly, and ideally powerful things relatively quickly. Yeah. And, you know, something like a planar cleansing is a really powerful effect. Mm-hmm. But in white, there's not as much ramp unless you specifically go for it, but then most of your ramp is going to be creature-based, so you'd be wiping your own stuff, and it just... It gets weird. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. It could. I mean, maybe, maybe, maybe you'll need to get me a set of these, too, when they're a friggin' format staple right along with that red card. <laughs> <laughs> from a design standpoint, I yep. really like this card. Yeah. From a actually putting it in a deck standpoint, I do not like this card. Yeah, fair enough. Okay. Right. Cool. <laughs> what we got next? I'm going all the way to black. Yeah. Screw you, blue. <laughs> Nobody plays you anyways. All right. Oh, it's me. Yeah. All right, we have feed the swarm. So, You're really bad at remembering. Uh, we, we've talked for so long about cards. Um, <laughs> feed the swarm, one in a black uh, for a sorcery. Uh, destroy target creature or enchantment in opponent controls. You lose life equal to that permanent's converted mana cost. I like this card, but <laughs> this card is sweet, and people are dumb. Yeah, I know. 
there's just because magic has always been a certain way doesn't mean magic needs to remain being said certain way. Mm-hmm. There's literally nothing wrong with black suddenly being able to deal with enchantments. They like they have a single card in all of magic that can deal with artifacts, and most people don't even know that card even exists. Yeah, what they, is it? Uh, Gate to Phyrexia. At the oh, beginning okay. of your okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I yeah. know what it is because I played in Yarmoth. <laughs> okay. Um, and now they have two different answers to enchantments. It's like, okay, yeah. fine. Like, it's not like it's just, it's, this isn't just a two mana sorcery speed naturalize, right? No. Like, this does hit creatures or enchantments, so it is a black version of naturalize, which is kind of sweet. Yep. And you lose life equal to the permanence converted mana cost. That is a downside. That is something that mm-hmm. black does. Very and black, yeah. It is very black. And it makes sense that, you know, black is all about uh, blood magic, effectively. And that is what this is. You know, like, you are sacrificing part of your very life essence to dispel something. Mm-hmm. And that's it. Does it doesn't just have to be murder sometimes you need to get rid of something else yeah and i do like how i do like that it is specifically enchantments and not artifacts because i like yep. how that's basically implying that you know you can use death magic and blood magic to counteract a magical spell that exists but you can't use it to make an engine stop working yeah to knock off someone's boots yeah you knock so. the thing you knock the thing out of the boots <laughs> <laughs> I actually do really appreciate that. So yeah, I I like this card. It's my it's my fill in for Mortify since losing that. But you know, and like they they specifically designed it too, where the you know black isn't going to have the ability to destroy target enchantment. It will have the ability to destroy target enchantment in opponent controls because they don't want you destroying the you know deal with the devil enchantments that you get. Yeah. So. That is like actually it. that is interesting. I never even thought about that. No, that was a very specific design decision that they did. Oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah. It also makes sense, I suppose. <laughs> Why would the demon that's giving you the blood magic allow you to destroy the contract that is blood magic? Right. Alright. Next up, we have Mind Drain. <laughs> I can't. I can't believe this wasn't a card name already. Yeah, I can agree with that. I can't believe they made this card. This card's dope, but continue. Two and a black sorcery. Target opponent discards two cards, mills a card, and loses one life. You gain one life. This is a strictly better mind rot. I mean, honestly, mind rot did kind of need some a little tiny bit of strictly better. It did. Mind rot was barely playable in the modern age. Like, Mind Rod is another one of those cards, like Counterspell, that, like, if you made it two mana, it's too good. Yeah. But if you made it, but at three mana, it's just, like, not quite good enough. It needs to be, like, two and a half mana. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with playing Mind Rod in general in Limited. I don't really have mm-hmm. a problem with oh, yeah. it, you know. I'll take a two for one, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. I don't think. This seems like one of those things where like they add text onto a card to make people think it's better than it actually is, when in actuality the only relevant part on this card is the target opponent discards two cards. Yeah, realistically that's what it is. Like it's like 
you know, we've had this exact discussion before with uh, Vicious Rumors. Oh my your, god. Your opponent milling a card doesn't matter. Your opponent losing life and you getting life doesn't matter. Yeah, Vicious what? Rumors just traded for a single card. Yep. It's not good enough. Uh, but, I mean, this is at least something, you know? Like, I... I like that they took Mind Rot and gave it a little extra juice. It's a little extra something-something that's like... It's probably like half a mana worth of effects. It's, it's, yeah. I think this is just this is just enough to make people realize that Mind Rot is perfectly fine. Yeah. Like, and I mean, like in a rogues deck, you're, you are putting three cards in your opponent's graveyard. Yeah, which means that, something. That matters a lot. So. Okay. Next up, we have Nighthawk Scavenger. One black black for a vampire rogue. It is a one plus star three <laughs> uh, with flying death touch and lifelink. Uh, Nighthawk Scavenger's power is equal to one plus the number of card types among cards in your opponent's graveyards. So, Tarmogoyf, this is not. Nope. But it's still at least pretty decent in limited, from my experience. I mean, Tarmahawk is pretty good. <laughs> Tarmahawk is pretty solid. This have this has this does benefit from the same thing that Tarmogoyf does, where just generally playing Magic is going to make this reasonable, right? Yeah. Like Vampire Nighthawk is first pickable in a lot of limited environments. Yeah. Oh yeah. This this needs a single card of any type in your opponent's graveyard to, to turn into a vampire nighthawk. It's really easy to get a single card in your opponent's graveyard. <laughs> Alright, so honest question. Yes. In limited, not necessarily at rare, but in limited, would you play a three mana one three flying death touch lifelink? I mean probably. I mean, I see. That's how I look at. It. I probably look at that, and I'm like, I'd probably just play this card even with no cards in my opponent's graveyard. Like, I don't think it's amazing. Like, you'd play that card in a different situation, but like, man, like, was I playing against you one game? I was playing against somebody, and this thing attacked me for like five or six. Oh, that wasn't me. That was. I, I don't think I ever cast no. mine against you. Okay, maybe uh... I'm thinking about playing it on Arena. Russ had one in his pool. Okay. I'm pretty sure. No, I never saw his. I smoked him pretty hard. Okay. Um, but like, I think it was. I I must have been playing on arena. But like, I was playing. This thing just beat the hell out of me. No, like, I was attacking you with a one-one for one flyer. <laughs> the one-one for one. Yes, yes. The powerful magic cards. Yeah. But yeah, this card's this card's really sweet and limited. At least, like, I don't know. It's yeah. Like this does effectively demand a removal spell. It, which is, yeah, it really does. Which is saying something for a mm -hmm. three mana creature. You know? Yeah, mm -hmm. a three mana creature that can only get so big. But I mean, yeah. you know, in most scenarios, it's probably going to be at least three or four power. Yeah, that's pretty good. I mean, yeah, yeah. Even yeah, it's just I don't know. Cards pretty dang good. I just want to see all the casual eight hawk decks now. Everyone playing eight hawk, right? <laughs> All righty. Okay. Next up, we have a two drop. We have scourge of the skyclave. Scourge, scourge of the skyclave. There we are. Words. 
one in the black for a star star. Watsi's big on stars in this set. Apparently. He is a creature demon. He has kicker for four in the black. Woo. So you have a two drop or a seven drop. When you cast this spell, if it was kicked, each player loses half their life rounded up. Yeah. Scourge of the Skyclave's power and toughness are each equal to 20 minus the highest life total amongst players. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, we have a Death Shadow that counts both players' life totals. Hmm. Noticeably more difficult to use than an actual Death Shadow. Yeah. But I also no also noticeably more upside if you're riding that fine line. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, if you're if you're both at ten life, this is a ten ten. Yeah. yeah. That is definitely noticeable. Mm -hmm. I don't know how I feel about this card, if I'm being completely honest. Like Death Shadow saw no play for a long time. And then suddenly people realized that Death Shadow was kind of nuts. <laughs> Yeah. You know, partially because of Phyrexian mana, partially because Shockland's already dealt a million damage to you, you know. Just yeah. the general, this thing is busted in magic, ended up being really good with it. <laughs> like, I'm looking at this card for limited and stuff like that, and if you're playing the right deck, like, you know, it's a two-mana two-two. Yeah, like, if you're, if you're playing a deck with the goal of racing, it's fine. Right. If you're playing, even if you're not racing, if like the you kind of get to a little board stall scenario where you both stabilize at like you know single digits, mm -hmm. this card gets kind of nutty. Yeah. Like if you're or if you're already like ever so slightly behind against your opponent, and you know it's like you just need to top deck something, and you just suddenly cast a two mana twelve twelve, and your opponent's like. I am no longer slightly ahead. I'm <laughs> There's now the Abyss in play. Yep, right. Do I have huh. Fling isn't in this set? There's a Fling effect. There's a Fling effect, yes, but... Yeah, it's a three-mana one, and it's yeah. on a flip land. <laughs> Heck yeah. So, I don't know. It's interesting. Yeah. I don't know what's good, but it's interesting. Yeah, it's, it's, one, it's another one of those cards on the weird list with those angels. <laughs> Yeah. Where you're just like, God, man, I don't even know like what to think of this, but Okay. So next up we have Fireblade Charger. It is a single red mana for a one one goblin warrior. Heck yes. As long as Fireblade Charger is equipped, it has haste. When Fireblade Charger dies, it deals damage equal to its power to any target. We have a strictly better goblin arsonist. Yep. The if it ha if it's equipped, it has haste. Is so weird to me, just because you know suddenly it's your one one can have haste on like turn four randomly, right. which is like sure whatever. But I mean, like so so you slap some you know there's some like big equipment in this set. I mean, there's the red equipment that gives a plus two plus zero. Oh, so right. You know. So I. I Attack with a 3-1 that then bolts something? Yeah. Like, it does... I mean, it demands yeah. an answer, trades with a 6 or a 6 toughness creature. Mm -hmm. You know, that is not nothing. 
Yeah, there's nothing innately. This card is sweet. Goblin Arsonist is already, like, fringe playable. Yeah. Like... And this effectively is, you know, yeah. slightly better than that. Mm -hmm. I'm fine with it. Yep. You know, War cool. Warriors does have that equipment thumb sub theme going on, so. True. Alright, next up we have a Tuk Tuk Rubble Fort. The legacy of Tuk Tuk the Explorer lives on. In a rubble fort. <laughs> In a to be fair, he was eaten by Zada, so. Uh, two and a red for a 0-3 wall. It has defender and reach, and creatures you control <laughs> have haste. <laughs> It's kind of weird. I like. I just read it and I'm like, man, like none of this makes any sense to me. All of this makes all of the sense to me. I know. I w my only wish is that it was a goblin wall. <laughs> goblin wall. That's. Fair I'm enough. fine with it having defender. I'm fine with everything else. I just wish it was a goblin wall. I. I give this. I declare this an honorary goblin card. Alright, I'll keep that in mind when I put it in my Cranko deck, and All I right. make an extra token. <laughs> You're naughty. I know. I would... I, so I'm already playing Fervor-esque effects in yeah. my Cranko deck. If this was an actual goblin, I would 100% play this in my Cranko deck. Oh yeah, I'm sure you would. Like, it's so. gotta just do dumb, dumb stuff then. Yeah. Giving Cranko uh, haste. Yeah. That's what I said. <laughs> Maybe you should listen to me when I talk. <laughs> Alright. Should we get up on the stack of weird? Let's get up on the stack of weird. Alright, next up we have Ashaya Soul of the Wild. It's three green green for a star star legendary creature elemental. Um, its power and toughness are equal to the number of lands you control. Uh, and then non-token creatures you control are forest lands in addition to their other types. Everything is a dryad arbor. Like what? <laughs> Man, uh, that would have to feel bad to have someone cast Armageddon with this in play. Oh my god, that would be wonderful. <laughs> Boom! See... Normally when we see this effect... Oh, this also counts itself. This is a legendary creature land oh my gosh, elemental yeah. forest. <laughs> Just saying. I, I'm uh, guessing they didn't make it a... Uh, <laughs> they, they couldn't have made it a land itself without that effect, so... Yeah. So, normally when we see this effect, it's the exact opposite. It turns your lands into creatures, not yeah. your creatures into lands. Yeah. Uh... This yeah. is... I hope to God this never sees play, right? Yeah. Because there's already so many things that say destroy target non-land permanent. Yes! <laughs> or destroy... Oh all, destroy Like, that 8-mana planar cleansing now doesn't kill any creatures. Oh my god, that would be so... Like, somebody plays this and you're just sitting there, like, looking at it in your hand and you're like, <laughs> god damn it. <laughs> Like, how bad would that feel? <laughs> uh, man. Like, this card is cool for, like, Commander, maybe, I guess. I don't know. I hope to God this doesn't see play. Yeah. Just because it's annoying. 
Or if it does see play, yeah. let me have Armageddon. Yeah, right. God, it's, Armageddon would feel so good. It, it just literally wipe everything. Yeah. Uh, I'm going man. to. I'm going to obliterate all of your stuff only. Yeah. Right. Like just get a friggin' get a friggin' two two out and play, and then just kill him off. That <laughs> one can one can only dream. Right. Ugh. Like I'm just wondering what weird stuff it's gonna do with this turning things into lands. But I mean, so it's not. It basically makes all of your guys tap for a green suddenly, yep. which is like okay. So you have more ramp after you just cast a five drop. Sure, whatever. You know, At least this stuff only in play. Like the big problem is this having creature lands in your deck. But... Yeah, you do. You don't get to fetch for a Tarmogoyf. Yeah, or a Progenitus, or something insane. <laughs> but so, so you could like play have this out, and then like, uh, all right. So two questions. All right. Uh, one, does a creature entering the battlefield trigger landfall? Yes. Okay, that's what I thought. Uh, and then this isn't a question, but more a statement, but, like, that Nissa Zendikon, <laughs> you could, like, make one of your creatures a 4-4. Four, four. <laughs> There's... This is, I think, up a... It's, it's in green, too. Uh, yeah. three, three and a green for an enchantment aura, enchant land, enchanted land is a 4-4 four, four elemental creature with reach and haste. It's still a land. When, it, when enchanted land dies, return that card to its owner's hand. Yeah, so, I mean, you can, you can technically... You can take your uh, Watchamadouche five drop five drop mythic, and then suddenly slap this on like a one one, and now it's a four four. Yeah, I mean, like not like the sickest of tech, but like it's just. But I I just think about it with like those enchant land sort of things, you know, like mm -hmm. like that's kind of that's weird stuff. Like, are we gonna be like seeing people enchanting their stuff with like gift of paradise? <laughs> no. Like, a lot of it kind of gets to the point of, like, okay, that's cute. I think it's yeah. going to be really difficult to get to the point of, you know, you know that's oppressive. Oh, I don't think it's going to be oppressive. It's just, like, I wonder what, like, situations arise from that, you know? Terra Eternal. <laughs> Lands you control are indestructible. Is that in this set? No. It's a, it's a white card. From... Oh, okay. A previous set, I'm possibly like, previous hey, Zendikar. I'm like, hey, it's just funny. Yeah. So, all right. I gotta look at, like, I gotta look at something here. So you could use the Nissa Planeswalker then to untap your creatures. And make them three three elemental creatures until end of turn. <laughs> Doesn't it make them zero zeros and then puts three plus and plus counters on them? No, it no oh. no no no. This one this the other one does that. You're talking about the new Nissa. Yeah, new Nissa. All right. Like old Nissa, yeah, you could do that and make all your creatures indestructible because that's ultimate does that, but yeah. That must be why that Marasa Root Grazer says basic land. 
there's a lot of things that actually say basic land in this new set. Yeah, they must be doing that intentionally to some degree, but I'm sure it's very intentional. Yeah. I did. I did reread multiple cards just to make sure because there's a lot of lands, or there's a lot of cards that put lands into your hands. There's <laughs> one that actually puts them into play, and I know for a fact I'm going to be mixing those cards up a lot. Oh yeah, right. So here, here's the sick tech. All right, if you have a Shia out, Wavered Guide Beast basically just has dash. We we did it. We broke the card. <laughs> I'm not gonna say that I hate you, but <laughs> uh, all right. Alright. Let's move on. Alright, next up. Tangled Florahedron. Uh one and a green for a one one elemental with tap at a green deer mana pool. And, uh, you can play it as a tap land that taps for green. This card's this, dope. <laughs> this is like the one good version of this that I am actually like, oh yeah, I can totally see myself playing multiple of these and not being feel bad about it. Right? Yeah. A, it's adorable. Yeah, like, what, like, yeah, I don't even know what it is. It's like a little, like, you know, hedron head sort of thing. It's a little, little hedron head elemental, you know. Um, I did have this in my good deck yesterday. At no point, even when I only had two lands in my hands, did I ever think about playing this as a land. Really? I played it as a land every time I had it. Because uh, I, I, I was more interested in the ramping. I, uh, I basically had a land and this in my hand multiple times. And I'm like, alright, we're doing it. I would... I would if I only had two lands in hand, I would play this as if I had this and a land in hand, I would play this as a land. Obviously yep, if I top I if I top deck it later, I'm oh, yeah. probably going to play it as a land because landfall is more relevant than a one one that will ramp me a little bit more. Yeah. Especially if you're scooting. And I had at least two other lands, I was just gonna cast this. Yeah. Because it's effectively the same or it ramps me to a four drop. If I get lucky, so I, I yeah. dig this card. I, this is prob I do dig this card. I do think this is actually one of the better flip uh, common or uncommon cycle. I don't even know if there are any commons that do that. But, you know, this is exactly what I think these cards yeah, should this is, be. This is like the poster shot for good ones, in my opinion. Yeah. Alright. Alright. Oh, there's so many words. <laughs> I'm so glad you get to read this. Oh, so many words. Okay, well, let's get into this one. We have Omnath, Locus of Creation. He costs red, green, white, blue for a 4-4 legendary creature elemental. Uh, when he enters the battlefield, draw a card. He has Landfall. Whenever a land enters the battlefield under control, you gain 4 life. If this is the first time this ability is resolved this turn. If it's the second time, add red, green, white, blue. If it's the third time, it deals four damage to each opponent and each planeswalker you don't control. Alrighty. So, sure, I guess, on his abilities. This is mainly here just because uh, I need to A, say I called it, and B, say I didn't quite call it. 
You thought he was going to be black next or something, didn't you? I thought he was going to be black, and then his fifth color would be the white, because white is all about unity and blah, blah, blah. Oh, okay. You know. But, sure, white, whatever. Yep. You know, suddenly, Sultai ramp isn't the best ramp. Now it's four-color yep. ramp. Uh, <laughs> apparently, he's currently doing really, really good in standard. Props to him, I guess. Yeah. I can't, like, I feel like a four-color card is just, like, it's like, okay, you got it, I guess. Like, I think it's less people complaining about the fact that he's a four-color card and more the fact that it's just more complaining about Uro. Okay, I, yeah, whatever. Uro, Uro leading into a landfall set is interesting, to say the least. Yeah. I still think everyone needs to shut the hell up about the three-mana Explorer being too good for every single format. Yeah, right. Just saying. Also, just play the blue enchantment that if your opponent plays more than one land a turn, it bounces a land back to their hands. Right. Seems good to me. Mm hmm. Okay. Trigger that third ability. All right, I'll take four. You have bounced three lands back to your hand. Thanks. Uh. But Omneth is a thing. All right. Omneth is a thing. All right. Uh, last set of cards. Full Art Basics. Full Art Basics. They look cool. There's some really nice looking ones. Go Watsy. They, they do look really cool, actually. Are they all new ones? Yes, I believe there's there's one swamp that I keep looking at. I'm not quite sure if it's a reprint, but all of the other ones are new, or they're all ones that I didn't like before, so I didn't care. So yeah, right. They just they're like, well, we just won't print any of the good ones, and all the shitty ones will look really cool. <laughs> but yeah, they look dope as hell. Yeah, they have some really nice ones. All right, like some that are actually like replacing my this is my new favorites. Oh really? Like, yeah. Like I, I there was a previous full art island that was just like a sinkhole in the middle where all the water flowing in. Yep. I actually think the whirlpool island they have now is better than that one. <laughs> and I actually think I like the new bucket island more than the old bucket island. So here's the deal. Like Bucket Island is overrated. Bucket Island is incredibly overrated. Yeah. Hug hugely overrated. Yeah. Like yeah. I would not choose that one to be my basic land of choice by any means. I think I did not like that island at all. Yeah, there's. I don't know why everyone was super high on that one. Because it's a but... bucket, lol, and if anybody should like buckets, it's me, because I like there's flying on buckets. Bucket. <laughs> <laughs> but... Yeah. Uh, I... Okay, cool. Yeah. Alright, you get this last one because you put it on the list. So, these are our best cards that said. Honestly, I think Jace should have been in this, but... Yeah, but you didn't tell me to put it on the best. I didn't so. tell you to put So I'm just going to say Jace is in this list as well, even though I already talked about him. Because, like, that's a real answer. Like, I think Jace Mirmage is, like, probably one of the best design cards in the set. You don't think my the one I put on there is a real answer? This card is dope as shit, but continue. <laughs> All right. Not for yeah. the reasons everybody thinks, probably. No. So... Okay. The reason why, or the card that I put in the 10 out of 10 is the only card that's in 10 out of 10, and Fletcher just added Jace because he's weird. Okay. It is Cleansing Wildfire. 
One in a red for a sorcery. Destroy target land. Its controller may search their library for a basic land card. Put it onto the battlefield tab to then shuffle their library. Draw a card. Uh, flavor text of every rebirth looks like a death. So, obviously, this might come off a little questionable because half of our country is currently on fire. Yeah. And a lot of people are losing their livelihoods and all that stuff. Honestly, I do feel bad for all the things going on, and dear God, climate change. But moving on beyond that, <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it has always been a thing that has come up in a lot of uh, media that I have read when I was younger, and something that is just like an actual fact of life, where wildfires, while they do destroy a lot, they also do if they do lead to more growth. Mm -hmm. Ash is actually a very powerful nutrients thing for new things to grow. Uh, this, I think this card actually shows that very, very well in the fact, you know, it is destroying land and then they are searching for another basic land card, right? Mm -hmm. yep. So, and it destroys any land, not just, you know, a non-basic. So what was there previously will now be replaced by the new. The flavor text, I think, does um, show that very, very well with the whole every rebirth looks like a death. Because for something to be reborn, it first has to die. And the the poignancy of the art where it's just a flower growing out of the ash while a raging fire goes on in the background, I think does have an impact to it mm -hmm. for those who are willing to look beyond the surface level, as it were. Yep. Also, you got to do sweet things with this in Limited, so... Yeah, this card was cool as hell in Limited, actually. I I put this card in my deck because I'm like, lol, 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 spells matter. And then, like, I'm like, oh, wait. I can, like, and I know every, I'm sure, like, everybody in the world was like, oh, yeah, we know what this card's for. Um, but it took me forever. It's like, oh, wait, I can blow up my own land, get another landfall trigger, smack you with my giant-ass centipede, and then also draw a card. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just everything I want to do. Like, and it, it, I like that it functions both ways. It functions as a tool for you to trigger landfall more, mm -hmm. um, or color fix in red. Yeah. Like, this, this is a actually very powerful card that a lot of people yeah. probably don't realize, you know? Oh, I, this, I overlooked it. Obviously, this is not as good as Stone Rain because Stone Rain is like a straight one for one trade. This yep. does let your opponent get a land back, but it is only two mana. Which matters. Mm -hmm. Sometimes yep. turn three is too slow. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. the fact this says draw a card on it means this card is almost never dead. If you need to just draw a card, you can. And blowing yeah. up blowing up a non basic is something. Yeah, like the, it's very it's a very common thing nowadays where, you know, people do play Field of Room. They did play Ghost Quarter, and both of those cards do replace the land you blew up, but you play them because you need to just blow up a land. Yep. This gets to do that. So, mm -hmm. I do think this card is actually very powerful. That doesn't mean it's going to see play in older formats. Who knows? Mm -hmm. It might. I, you know, I doubt it. But you never know what's going to happen. I, mean, I think this card this could, could be like two mana stone rain in some formats. Yeah, it could. It could actually be two mana stone rain. So should I refer a basic fail to find? <laughs> yeah, it's really good against some decks. Mm -hmm. You know. And, you know, it does say draw a card on it, so it does help with that. I do think this card is definitely playable in Standard, and like I said, I think this card 
flavorfully works very, very, very well. So, I like that. this is actually my favorite card in the set. I like the card actually. Actually, after playing with it, I liked it more. Yeah, as I said, because it has it has that little tiny bit of nuance that just makes it like, oh, like this is not just a giant brick. Yeah. But cool. So yeah, there's our our look at the set. Man, what so? All right, what what have you thought about the set? Just playing with it for the first time. Uh, it's not as slow as I was expecting it to be. Uh, that I mean, obviously, small sample size. I do play faster magic than most people, <laughs> but it does it does seem like there is a lot of powerful things that could end the game quickly if people weren't progressing at the same pace, right? Like it was very easy for one person to just start getting out of hand, as it were. Yeah, you know, as I showed with both a Scoot Mob or whatever the new card, Scoot oh, Swarm. The, the, Scoot Swarm is awesome. <laughs> yeah, I showed that with Scoot Swarm and the six mana new Avenger of Zendikar card. Like, yeah, you card. can grow out of hands if mm-hmm. given enough time. So, yeah. Um, the one thing I would say is, even though I didn't have much of it, don't ignore party. No. Like, that effect, like, those effects are real. Like, even if you only have a couple party members for some of the ones that scale, mm-hmm. like, those are better than I expected. I mean, and a lot of the things that count party do count themselves, which is super nice. Yeah. You know? Like, it is a relevant thing. I do think it is a more interesting version of allies, because allies were boring. Yep. You know? So. <laughs> but... You got that going for you, at least. Yeah, so... I don't know. I I've I enjoyed the little bit I played of the set so far. Uh probably play some more here soon, but um yeah. Cool. All right. Um if you want to send us some feedback, you can shoot an email to thelocometa at gmail.com. Catch us on Twitter at the Locometa PC. Check out thelocometa.com for links to the Discord and come hang out there. Uh or links to the Patreon and you can go give us a buck and we can buy a soda every month or something. <laughs> um probably every two months um (laughs) but yeah cool john anything else negative negative all right cool well everybody enjoy zendikar rising and we will catch you next time see ya